0: Join the conversation with the Morning Majlis, Pulse95.
1: Yes, you can join the conversation with the Morning Majlis as we are now talking about the power of storytelling, movies, and shaping opinions and also uh, making that all-important connection with the general public. We've seen how the Emirati film industry has evolved it's starting from movies such as City of Life uh, to numerous productions. And now we're also seeing uh, the Emirati culture and messages being showcased uh, through the Grand Expo 2020. But before that, it's all important International Government Communication Forum. And uh, we are going to be talking about one of the sessions just after 1 p.m. on the first day. It's the story, the nature of of Storytelling and Function in Discourse. Uh, And that is going to feature a very, very uh, inspiring panel, and amongst them is our very own Nayla Al-Khaja, who's very kindly joined us this morning. A very good morning to you, Nayla, and thank you for joining us.
2: Good morning to you and everyone
1: at Pulse95. Well, thank you for that as well, and we're really looking forward to this discussion. Um, Now let's start talking about your panel discussion Uh, what's the big message there and what are uh, the some of the things that you're going to be touching upon
2: um the big message is basically to have a lot of these government entities and i would even say you know as far as even privately owned or quasi-government um to embrace the power of storytelling and not to be too worried about there's this whole notion of a checklist and everyone's too worried about the checklist where um, they miss out on some extremely uh, wonderful opportunities where they can actually showcase their messaging without being too literal about it.
0: Yeah, talk to us some more about that. Uh, You hear that quite a bit uh, in workshops and such, show, don't tell. Do you feel like a lot of messaging these days is too heavy handed, too on the nose uh, and it's almost like you're talking to someone who's not that intelligent. Do you think there are better ways to communicate those messages?
2: We need to understand that, especially with this generation and, you know, even our generation, we are now very aware, you know, educated. We watch all sorts of content from around the world. And I just feel that a lot of the content here, um, I, I wouldn't say all of it, but most, a lot of it it hasn't evolved with everyone else, and that's... Push harder. Um, Some companies have embraced it, but there's a a lot of work to be done. Yes, I completely get it. I I understand that Uh, when they're just—I think it comes from a place of fear that they feel that if they're not literal about things, that people won't understand their messaging. The opposite is true, and it's backfiring actually.
0: And can you talk to us about uh, the elements that comprise good storytelling? What what are some of the techniques you you'll highlight uh, during your session and time at the IGCF?
2: Absolutely. I would like to uh, say that, you know, if you're a government entity, um, I would like to highlight, you know, what do you, what, what do you stand for? What are you all about? And then when they're creating a film, whether it's for their um, entity or whether it's a national day film, that they steer away from um, their physical aspects. So there's like three different aspects in each company. And I want to focus on the physical aspect, meaning that they don't need to showcase their employee, their tables, their rooftops, because to be very honest, people won't connect with them. They can connect with themselves, but they are not the whole audience. So I'm trying to find ulterior. So my, my talk will more, mostly focus, up, focus on how they can showcase, you know, what they have without showcasing their physical aspect of their organization.
3: And what are some effective storytelling mediums or platforms that the public are drawn to from your perspective?
2: They're absolutely drawn to something that's more authentic and raw, something that's uh, less propaganda based and less uh, direct advertising to your face, you know, what we call elevator music. Mm. Um, they're <laughs> drawn to uh, storytelling that um, has a story, mm-hmm. um, that is also not meddled because you can always see this. Like, you, it, it really breaks my heart when I have, like, let's say a director's cut and yeah. everyone's like Google gaga about it, and then they send <laughs> it to a marketing team and they're like, wait a minute. We don't have our logo in you know, 2.01. Again, the checklist starts coming out. Uh, we need a shot of this section of the company, and it just kills it. I mean, there are a lot of very intelligent international companies where you see their commercials, you see their messaging, you see their content. They're not even in the commercial at all, and you're like, wow, you watch it, you get influenced, all your sensory, um, you know, your eyes, nose, ears, you, you actually get so into the ad itself that when it finishes, And let's say, you know, the brand comes right in the end. You're like, oh, wow, they've done an amazing job. And it stays in your mind. So people need to understand that it is okay to disconnect um, story, you know, their story from the story they can tell the world. And it can be very smart by having subtle notes in the actual story where their messaging can be seen, but without it being heavy handed. So they just need to kind of wash their hands from, you know, the typical old fashioned way of telling stories and really embrace the new way of doing it.
1: I'd like to touch upon the, uh, the aspect when you, when you talked about how government uh, uh, can use the storytelling technique and they should shy away from the, the, the office infrastructure. Uh, so what, what's your suggestion in terms of uh, coming up with these creative ideas uh, and making sure that the, the message is the focus as opposed to their position and the seats around them?
2: Absolutely. I think the, the number one thing is to make sure that they're not afraid. The one thing, the one vibrating notion and all these meetings that I've attended to, they're too scared to think outside the box. Mm. Uh, they're too scared to experiment and do something very, you know, offbeat. And, and actually I'm going through it right now. So if I may say, you know, I'm getting a lot of pitches for the UAE national day film. Um, and I've, Rejected some. I'm still considering some, and I only accepted one. So from all the briefs, you can imagine there's not there's a handful of Emirati directors in the UAE, mm. and I'm sure we're all getting the same briefs. And I've only accepted one because they were not afraid. They were not afraid to, as a government entity, um, to say, you know what, we don't even we're not in the film. Our logo's not even in the film, and the story is so far away from what would, what people would want. Ninety nine percent of all the briefs I have follow the same linear line it's it's quite shocking like they Mm. all have the same 20 achievements of the UAE they all have the same you know fine some of the stuff is important but there's no creativity in the concepts they're very linear everyone's scared to go a bit abstract and I mean I can tell you and I can promise you that this company who is going you know left field as I call it will stand out because they had the guts to say, let's embrace this, let's not be afraid, and you know, um, and let's just go all out. Yeah. So I, I would love to see more of this type of uh, mentality because then the content will really be elevated. And it won't just be about you know, ticking a checklist, but more about embracing what storytelling is all about, uh, which is basically moving the heart and mind and getting people into action in a subliminary way, as opposed mm-hmm. to like in your face.
0: I mean, I get that as well, because, you know, if if I if I see a film that's trying to enact some change in me or trying to influence me in a way, if someone's telling me you should feel this way, this is why and they're saying it in this pretty heavy handed way, I'm not going to listen and I probably won't be interested. Whereas I've seen others do it in a way that's compelling and engaging and, and it sort of evokes your emotion and it's almost like you're on a journey and it's not telling you what to do and that way the the, the content resonates with you on a more emotional level. I think that's what you're getting at, right?
2: Absolutely, and even if the voiceover, for example, says, you know, this is a horse running, just as an example, and you didn't want to put a horse running that matches the view, that's fine, but they they really can't get their, um, you know, ideas around why we're not showing a horse that's running. example so it needs to match and this whole matchy matchy business needs to go away because it's (laughs) i think it's disastrous and it's also very um heavy and disheartening on the the filmmakers themselves because we're trying to do something that's creative and different but then you have the advertising agencies in the middle who are trying to you know please the clients and and Mm. not push it hard because they don't want to lose the clients either so Mm. then there's this very strange and interesting political um, relationship and dynamic that happens between the storytellers, the agency, which is, you know, obviously the main communicators that represent the client. And sometimes I, and I, and I, you know, with no disrespect to, I I mean, I I have a few favorite agencies, but many of the agencies when they're not present and it's directly the client and the storytellers, I find those films way more powerful Mm -hmm. because there's no censorship, there's no fear. Uh, The storytellers, are able to influence the client directly without having any ulterior motives. um, And it becomes seamless, really. Mm. So, you know, we would love to see agencies. That's very important. Add agencies to embrace this kind of thinking. Um, But of course, it's a double edged sword because they don't want to also upset the client and lose those accounts. So it becomes a very interesting conversation.
0: And and I'm also interested in your uh, development as a filmmaker. How did you come to this sensibility? Uh, from your experience, uh, this subtle storytelling technique.
2: Well, you get you get to see how um, the audiences react when you watch films that are not too. You know, you're not spoon spoon feeding the audience. The audience is very smart. So you know, my background is narrative filmmaking, and it's primarily um, stories that don't have. Uh, clients attached to them or any agenda so when i'm writing a short film for example you know it's a genuine short film with real characters um you know with with um... Uh, cringy moments with things that you'll never see in in, in content here. Mm. So, you know, I push the boundaries with my filmmaking. That's why they've reached far and beyond. Um, you know, my film The Shadow is already at 30 plus festivals, which is an, an excellent percentage. Um, it won the best film in uh, Houston Film Festival. Um, it got best film in Milan. And, you know, this is out of 72 entries. And this is not me showing off. This is saying that when you do embrace this approach, it works, people react to it, they understand that you're not feeding them information, but they, what you're doing is you're basically stirring their emotions um, and using your messaging extremely subtly um, to, to get what you want from the audience, which is sharing your content, you want them to yeah. share the content.
0: And you're also getting a truth, right, because truth is, is, is complex and it's not something you can just sort of shout at somebody down, right?
2: Yeah, and and exactly when you're raw and you're real and you're authentic, the authentic, the authenticity of your voice uh, will be stronger. The more real you are, and the less fear you have, and the less you try to, cl- you know, click those uh, boxes. Um, and the story should just flow without. And again, there's another point that I'd, I'd like to bring up, which I will bring up in the panel, is when you have too many. What do they say? Fingers in the pot, like too many mm. people trying cooks to cooks in the
1: broth. Yes. You know,
2: Yeah, everyone has an opinion, which is fine. But this is where the film really suffers because you have the director's cut and then you have people coming in from all the different departments, you know, changing the mind of someone who's already confirmed it and saying, no, but we need to do this. But this is, you know, this is against that. And by the time the film comes out, it's completely different than what it was intended. And I've seen this and sadly many times it it doesn't, you know, doesn't do justice to the intention of the what the film was trying to do. So, too many people trying to cook.
3: Well, Nayla, this uh, this really this talk got me really excited to attend it's your not session. Special, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> it really got me excited to attend your session at the IGCF. So, this brings me to the next question: How can our listeners and all of us find you at the IGCF this year? I know that you were going to be available for your session the first day, which is the twenty-sixth of September. Is that right? right?
2: Yes, so I will be there at one, mm-hmm. and the session starts at two. So there's that one hour uh, gap before, just to kind of climatize myself. Mm-hmm. And I believe after the, palace, uh, the panel, sorry, I'm going to hang around and I can speak to people face to face. And though. your
3: your session will be revolving around what exactly? Just to remind everyone, um, it will
2: be around uh, storytelling and how you know government entities can embrace a new way of uh, telling their stories.
3: And in one line, what do you hope people? Uh, to learn from this session when they're coming out of it, we learn really this. Hope, what do you hope for?
2: I hope that they that it will trigger a thought in their mind and it will start that that it will impact their next content. That they will embrace some of the messaging and and uh, be able to dare themselves uh, to do something that's different and let me be very clear Mm -hmm. when i say that i don't mean you know upsetting our cultural norms or upsetting anything And we all know our you know uh, lines not to cross Mm. you can still tell your storytelling and still be very respectful um to where we are absolutely
1: amazing now uh i've got to conclude the discussion with the the fact that this is the year of the 50th this is the year that we look back and and look at the achievements um, I'd like to touch upon how the Emirati cinema scene has evolved uh, because for most of us who've grown here we've seen how things have changed from a single TV channel uh, to, you know, more content being available, social media also influencing it, and more directors such as yourself are rising. So where do you see the Emirati industry, film industry uh, uh, changing and, and shifting and, and seeing where we end up?
2: So I deliberately don't call it a film industry because I don't think we have a robust one. I don't think we have an industry. I think we mm. have pockets of movements. I know we have a very strong TVC industry. Mm. Commercial industry. Um, so I just see that, you know, once film becomes a priority here on a federal level, we will see changes. So, you know, when um, a big government injection and, and intervention takes place whether it's through a grant whether through it's a cultural initiative and i know that's happening in the next few years so that's when we will see perhaps shadowing programs and um you know uh, and and, 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 a, and an emergence of an industry because you need you know an industry is when you have at least 20 to 25 feature films or series being shot in and out and you know and and then instead of having i mean you can tell me this how come I'm the the only uh, one of the only four female directors in the in a country of nine million people mm. it just shows you that it's demand and supply so I think that's gonna really change uh, once um, film becomes a priority and turns into an actual industry at the moment there's all these independent excellent movements that are important uh, but I don't think it's on a level where
1: it should be and lastly uh, is there any particular film that influenced naylor to to bring aware? she is right now and uh was yes, there anything?
2: Last case, it's always the same answer so when i was seven i stumbled into a black and white mm. oscar nominated indian film called wood polish yes and it okay. changed my life i think i've seen it endlessly and uh, it's it's one that really like touches the strings of your heart but it's also one that that showed me um how powerful storytelling is
1: it certainly is and we uh, look forward to your discussion and uh, Thank you very much for joining us this morning. And uh, it's such an insightful discussion and really um, an eye opener, really, for us uh, as uh, media production people as well. And uh, we're looking forward to it and hopefully we can catch up in our dedicated Pulse 95 studios at the IGCF.
2: And I would like to thank Pulse 95 for giving people like myself a voice um, and platform for a voice. Thank you very much.
1: Well, thank you very much. That was Nayla Al-Khaja, the Emirati Film Director. If you'd like to catch this discussion as a podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcast and SoundCloud, as well as on Spotify. All you have to search for is The Morning Majlis. We'll be back after the news headlines. Stay tuned to Pulse95.